Welcome to Grinding the Data. My name is Kevin Scott. I'm so glad to be here with you today. It was a crazy week six, right? So many things did not go the way I thought they would. And to be frank with you, right now I am in the middle of grinding this season out. I have some very good rosters I feel very good about that are doing terribly. Cannot buy a win. When you look at the roster uh, before the season, even now, you're like, golly, how did you get that roster? It's a redraft roster. But I can't buy a win. That just It just goes that way sometimes. Um, I encourage you, if you're in that situation, don't give up, man. Keep grinding. That's what I'm doing. I'm grinding the wire. I'm doing this research. I'm do- trying everything I can to scrape out some wins over the next six weeks. Remember, it's only six weeks in. If you think about the next six weeks, even if you were 0-6, you could go 6-6. Six and six. Um, that, that puts you right in the playoff mix. I know that could be a long shot for you, depending on your roster and injuries and everything, but it's certainly possible. And I just want to say off the bat, I'm right there with so many of you who might be struggling. Others of you might be crushing it. That's awesome. I certainly have some good leagues too. Uh, but you know, I don't want you to hear me on this podcast saying, you know, Hey, I I have all this figured out. I am just, I'm a pro and I'm amazing and I I never lose. That is 100% wrong. What's beautiful about the NFL is that nothing is predictable. I mean, the Titans lost to the Jets, the worst team in the league, probably. And then they beat the Bills, probably the best team in the league. So it's super unpredictable. And that's what makes the NFL interesting. That's that's what makes fantasy uh, unpredictable and challenging. Uh, so realistically, your goal is not to go undefeated. I mean, it's it's a great goal, but it's not realistic. Uh, I've I've had occasional rosters that went undefeated, like maybe three or four times in my fantasy career. It's extremely rare. But your goal realistically is to put together a roster that is just that much better, just a step better than the rosters around you, so that you can win more than you lose. You finish the regular season eight and six, uh, and barely make the playoffs you know, get a, get a wild card. That's great. You're in. So it, you don't have to get, go 12 and one and get the buy. I mean, it's nice, but it's not, uh, in every league, certainly it's not a realistic goal, especially super competitive leagues. So don't give up. I hope these data points will help you on that journey toward making the playoffs in all of your leagues, or at least continuing to fight before we jump in super fast. Let me plead with you to help me out in a few ways. Uh, I'm helping you out. I hope you'll help me out. Please subscribe to the podcast. If you like it, Please rate and review the podcast if you like it, especially on Apple Podcasts. Every single review on there, I've read them. I appreciate them. I wish I could write back to you. They don't give me your your contact info. I wish I could say thank you. But if you have rated the podcast, I thank you. And if you could, I would really appreciate it. Uh, Please spread the words to friends. If you just want to make a Twitter uh, post, tweet about it. Say, this podcast is awesome. Please check it out. I don't care if you have three followers. It still means a lot. Uh, that would be awesome. And then fourth, if you have a few extra dollars a month, you want to support the podcast, every single penny helps uh, to keep this going. I'd appreciate it. Let's move on to some hot data points, or let's begin, I should say. These data points that are the most important to move on right away, uh, that, that you need to be um, instant action or are representing very important uh, pieces of information. Leonard Fournette, uh, he continues to hog the running back work for the Bucks. This was something that we didn't necessarily see coming, but you can always see it coming with Bruce Arians. He, he can decide he likes a guy or doesn't like a guy um, on a dime, just sort of like Shanahan. And he's decided Fournette's his guy. And you know what? Fournette looks good. So good for him. He's an early draft pick guy. He's, he seems to have sort of figured it out. He's 
running well, receiving well, protecting well. So I don't see this changing. Ronald Jones and Gio Bernard had eight touches between them, while Fournette had 28 touches, um, played most of the snaps. And with, with that usage in a great offense, Fournette is a must-start every week. Uh, Miles Sanders saw his highest snap share of the season on Thursday night, played on 83% of snaps. So his snap share of the past four weeks has gone 60, 64, 75, 83. Um, I can't tell if the coaching staff is making an effort to get him more involved. I mean, he's not touching the ball very much still, but it seems like possibly that's the case. Um, and Kenneth Gainwell did not even have a carry in this game. So it, it does seem like, you know, they're saying, let's get Sanders um, going. Uh, but, you know, he finished with only 11 touches on an offense that simply looks bad. Uh, he's going to have to be a starting option for many of us. Uh, there's so few good options at running back. If you drafted him, uh, he's likely going to be your best option. And so you just have to hope they start giving more carries. But this is not a sign that all of a sudden Sanders is going to break out. If, if you don't have Sanders, don't trade for him. It is extremely hard to trust any Eagles at the moment. But again, he's a decent start as long as they keep giving him touches. A week after Miles Gaskin seemed to be moving up the ranks of the Dolphins running backs, we thought, hey, maybe our fifth, sixth round draft choice isn't a waste. Uh, he returned to an equal three-way timeshare with Malcolm Brown and Salvan Ahmed. Brown and Gaskin both played on 36% of snaps, Ahmed on 27%. That makes all three players completely unusable. When, when you're splitting a third, a third, a third, I will not start any of them moving forward unless I'm completely desperate and hope that somehow one of the players has a good week. They're just impossible to trust. Uh, if one back somehow emerges and starts getting for several weeks in a row, 50 to 60% of the snaps, then they become worth um, a consideration to start. But until then, avoid all of them. DeAndre Swift's snap share continues to tick up each week. He, uh, he got 78% of snaps on Sunday. That was his highest of the season. Jamal Williams was down at 30% of snaps. Uh, Swift also far out-touched Williams by the most of the season. He got 18 touches to Williams' five. So we might have seen uh, the shift that many of us thought might occur before the season here with Swift becoming, you know, clearly the starter as opposed to the, you know, shared starter. Um, still, Swift only took his 13 carries for 24 yards. So optimism needs to be tempered. Um, I am I have been starting Swift everywhere I have him, and I will continue to because of his receiving upside. And you know he's he's getting five to seven um, receptions a week, which makes him extremely valuable in PPR leagues. But um, still, you, you want to see him do more with the carries. You want to see the offense overall improve before you're excited about it. Uh, for those who roster Williams, you likely need to wait. And don't start him. See how things shake out. I would not drop him at this point because it could shift right back to more of a 50-50 split. Antonio Gibson, very concerning, uh, played on a season low 39% of snaps. His previous low had been 55%. So he, he was um, the backup, realistically, this week. Uh, he got only 12 touches to McKissick, got 16 touches. And McKissick played on um, 61% of snaps. So, you know, obviously the Redskins, I'm sorry, the Washington football team was in comeback mode uh, in the second half. And that's when McKissick is going to get more snaps. 
but it's still very concerning for those who drafted Gibson early. Um, we thought even before the season that he might become a three-down back and kind of push McKissick down to uh, occasional touches. That has not happened at all. Um, further on the on the 16 touches, McKissick produced 73 yards of offense, and Gibson only produced 44. I it's hard to say this when I just said you probably have to start Miles Sanders, but you might need to consider benching Gibson until this improves. Now, they're not going to be playing the Chiefs every week, but um, they they just seem to not um, trust Gibson as much in passing situations or protection situations. So I don't know. I, I think it's also the fact that Taylor Heineke is playing terribly. He's not a very good quarterback. I think when Fitzpatrick comes back, the whole offense will improve. But yeah, really tricky situation. I think you probably have to start Gibson because of how few backs there are out there, but not something you're happy about at the moment. Chase Edmonds played on only 37%, another player that saw his lowest snap share of the season on Sunday. His previous low had been 58 uh, he also only got seven touches, while James Conner, who played on 55%, got 17. This is also concerning for those who have Edmonds. Um, it's likely that for for Edmonds, it was the shoulder injury that kind of caused them to give him less action, less touches. Plus, they got up uh, pretty early in the game, and so they probably rested him in the second half. I haven't seen when he got his snaps exactly. Um, still, I would... Pay close attention to this. I would probably bench him in uh, week seven if you have another decent option because um, he is uh, he's probably going to be dealing with this shoulder injury for a little bit. Uh, Connor, for as long as this uh, injury does persist, should be upgraded. I think he's probably a good start in most in most weeks because he's already getting the goal line touches and now he's out touching Edmonds. I think long term Edmonds is still going to be uh, like a, in a 50-50 split and he's going to get all the passing down work. He's still the more valuable back probably by a smidge, uh, but I think for now while he's injured, avoid him if you're able to. A name to keep in mind on the, this hot list that probably was added in some deep leagues, but it will definitely be added everywhere. Uh, this waiver period is DJ Dallas. Uh, he played on 34% of snaps, which isn't much, but he was the primary passing down back for Seattle. He got four carries and and five targets. He caught all five for 33 yards. Um, Chris Carson is already on IR, um, and now Alex Collins got banged up late in the game. Dallas is probably their best back left, I would say. Now you have Rashad Penny coming back, supposedly. Um, Rashad Penny is another guy that is probably worth a pickup. Um, I would I would be more interested in DJ Dallas personally because he's already in the offense and healthy. But Rashad Penny is worth it worth a bid, especially in deep leagues. Both guys uh, could see a lot of action this week, especially if Alex Collins is out. If Alex Collins is in, I think he starts over Penny, and Dallas will continue to get the passing down works. That's why I like Dallas a bit better, despite the fact that Antonio Brown only played on 49 percent of snaps, while Chris Godwin and Mike Evans both played over ninety percent. Brown saw by far the most targets with 13. That's a ludicrous 31% target share while playing less than half the snaps. I honestly don't know if that's ever been done before, that much of a target share on that few snaps. If you have Godwin and Evans on your roster who, who got five and four targets respectively, you have to be sad, but you're going to have to just let it go. In this offense, they're kind of seemingly going to trade off weeks. Now, Godwin hasn't had his big touchdown week, but it's probably coming. Um, I, I think you have to start them because of the you know, productivity of the offense overall. Uh, it's just that you're frustrated that Brown is getting so many looks. It seems to be on the same page 
with Brady all the time. If you have Brown, you're excited, but at the same time, I would be a bit nervous because it's hard for that to happen weekly. It's hard to trust it weekly when you're only getting half the snaps. Uh, it's just not a great situation for those who roster any of them, to be honest. If I could trade any of the three for a great price, especially after a big week like this one for Brown, I would strongly consider it. But with Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault received 10 targets on Sunday and both played over 75% of snaps, they're kind of the last two guys on this roster who are, uh, you know, should be getting big targets and snaps. They both did it. Jones is the one that's going to get the targets further down the field. He finished seven for 100 with, with a touchdown. Chenault's getting those lower average depth of target targets and finished six of 54. Um, I am, you know, I remain disappointed with how Chenault has... Uh, produced in this offense. However, it, there looks to be a, a little bit of a sign of life from Trevor Lawrence. It's a little bit encouraging to see he's starting to figure out the program pro game a little more each week. Um, I, I think both guys will probably be you know decent weekly starts by the end of the season. Jones is already that way, although he's had a few duds uh, in the past few weeks as well. I think they're, they're both solid uh, starts if you need uh, receivers obviously they're both not going to be on the on the wire although in shallow league someone might have dropped Chenault um, he's not someone I'm super excited about rostering but just want to mention 10 targets is nothing to sneeze at uh, here's a big data point in his first game of the season Rashad Bateman played on 65 percent of snaps tied for the team lead with six targets he only caught four for 29 so he didn't do much statistically but he instantly pushed uh, Marquise Brown for that number one receiver role. I think Brown is still the number one for the rest of the season, unless we see Bateman really uh, start to turn it on. But Bateman should be instantly added if he's available in your league, because he has the potential uh, to kind of grab that number one role. He is he, it did, you know, it was a very impressive showing in his very first snaps as a pro. Uh, Sam Darnold was terrible for the second straight week, completed 17 of 41 passes. And this is why DJ Moore only caught 5 for 73 despite receiving 13 targets. It's why Robbie Anderson caught only 3 of his 11 targets for 11 yards. You know, I said in the last couple weeks, hey, Anderson's at least getting targets, and that remains the case. But um, Darnold has apparently regressed to his Jets days. I don't know what's going on. I have to say you 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 know should probably continue starting more uh, since he can go off for big numbers in any week. He's getting so much volume, and I, and I guess both of these guys are getting so much volume that um, it's they're worth um, consideration for starting every week. Even Anderson, I think more you probably have to start because he's their clear number one, and they're going to be trailing a lot. But man, you'd be much more confident um, starting these guys. When, if Darnold was looking better, that's for sure. Tyler Boyd kind of got pushed to the margins in week six, although he played on 62% of snaps, which is actually more than T. Higgins, who played on 57%. Jamar Chase was at 79%. Higgins and Chase both received six targets, but Boyd only got three and only caught one of them for seven yards. There will be some nice weeks for Boyd still, especially if one of these other guys is banged up. He is playing lots of snaps, but this is what many of us were afraid of coming into the season with two excellent young receivers uh, who, you know, seem to already click with Burrow very well in the field. Um, Boyd is, you know, there's going to be those games when, you know, they face top tier corners on the outside and Boyd becomes a big part of the game plan. But uh, I don't think you can start him regularly um, if both the other guys are healthy and active unless you're desperate. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones led all Cleveland skill players in snaps on Sunday, playing on 78%. Um, you know, Odell Beckham was banged up off and on through the game. This team is just a walking, 
you know, medic unit. Uh, it's it's kind of sad, but not that sad because I don't really care for them that much. Sorry, Browns fans. Uh, Peoples-Jones also scored both of the Cleveland touchdowns. He finished four for 101 and two touchdowns on only five targets. You know, th- this Cleveland passing game is not that high volume. They're a low-volume passing game with uh, Baker Mayfield, who isn't the best. He's fine. But still, with so many guys banged up, with Jarvis Landry maybe coming back soon, but he's been hurt. Odell's a little hurt. Uh, this is a short week they play on Thursday night. Peoples-Jones is worth a consideration for a pickup if you need a receiver, if you're hurting. So just want to mention him. It looked early like another lost week for A.J. Brown in, on Monday night uh, until the second half when he sort of exploded was seemingly the target on almost every throw except for a couple for Akine late. He looked, you know, a little bit slower than in years past, but finished with seven targets. I'm sorry, seven receptions on nine targets for 91 yards. He still looked good. It's just that when he got in the open field in the past, he would just break it. He's gone, and he couldn't break any of them to, uh, last night. Uh, if he gets completely healthy and, you know, it's not limited in practice, I think he's going to have some huge games the rest of the way. Uh, most encouragingly, he played on 79% of snaps, which was his highest mark since week two. Uh, with the Zach Ertz trade from uh, from the Eagles to the Cardinals, they have put uh, the Eagles have put their tight end position into the hands of Dallas Goddard fully, which is kind of what people have been calling for ever since he was drafted. He has been playing uh, about 65% of the snaps. That number should go up near 100% moving forward. Now, Ertz is not that good, as I've mentioned many times, at reading the field. Um, he's not he's not an excellent quarterback, but he's fine. Uh, and I think Goddard, especially since he, he works those short and intermediate routes, he should see a pretty large target share moving forward. If you can get him at a reasonable price, if someone isn't buying it or doesn't you know follow the news, that would be a nice move. I think he's going to be a nice play for the rest of the season. And as far as Zach Ertz goes, he could be decent. Um, the thing to keep in mind with is that the Cardinals have so many targets, and they use all four of their receivers. So I think Ertz might have weeks where he sees zero targets, but he'll have weeks with five or five to eight too. So uh, if you're desperate, he's worth a, a consideration. Cole Komet, been mentioning him a few times here. He finally got some targets on Sunday. Caught four of five for 49 yards. Still, the Bears are a super low, you know, uh, pass pass. Uh, pass volume offense. Uh, but as I've said several times, Komet's playing basically every snap. He just hasn't been getting any targets because of this vanilla offense. This is a good sign. I think Fields looked like he was improving a bit on Sunday, and that could really boost uh, Komet in this whole passing offense down the stretch if he keeps getting better. As expected, Ricky Seals-Jones played on every single snap, got a good number of targets. He got six. He went four for 58-1 and one with a long uh, touchdown reception. Uh, you know, this, this Washington offense looks bad, really bad. Um, but I think he's a solid start while Logan Thomas is out for sure. We saw an explosion from Noah Fant. Um, catch, he got 9 of 11 targets for 97 yards and a score. Now, the Broncos were in furious comeback mode at the end of the game, which led to them throwing 49 passes. Certainly helped Fant. But it's also the case that he has been looking and playing great all season. He's become one of the top tight end options in the league. I think you have to start him with confidence, especially when Albert O is out. He's out this week. Um, that uh, pr- certainly helped Fant get more looks. I think either way, even when he's in there, Fant is their clear top option. But just keep an eye on that. And Pat Fryermuth, we've been mentioning him over and over on this podcast. He broke out Sunday night, 
Caught all seven of his targets for 58 yards. You heard the Steelers crowd chant his name whenever he caught one. I think um, he's going to be kind of a mainstay for the Steelers for years to come. He played on 60% of snaps, which is among his highest of the season. Seems to already have a good connection with Roethlisberger. Seems to be pushing Eric Ebron further and further down as we go along. So if you are desperate uh, for a tight end or you're in tight end premium leagues, you could do a lot worse than Pat Fryermuth. Let's move to some warm data points. Data that is important for you to move on now if you're in a deep league or to keep in mind if you're in a shallower league. Uh, The Ravens continue to use their many-headed timeshare running back. Latavius Murray led the backs with 38% of snaps. Le'Veon Bell had 32% and Devonta Freeman had 30%. And check this, they all had exactly 8 or 9 carries and they all scored. Now, Murray would likely have played more snaps if it hadn't been a blowout. I wouldn't worry too much about him, you know, moving into this complete three-way timeshare. Um, I think he's still clearly the best option there. But I will say Freeman looked pretty good. So if you're totally desperate at running back, he is, you know, you could do worse, maybe? (laughs) I I don't know. I am not excited about adding any of these guys. But we are in a situation where many teams are completely desperate for anyone to play at tight end. I have a couple of those leagues where I've lost McCaffrey and CEH and, you know, my, I don't know, several backups too. It's in, incredible. So some some of these teams are just desperate. Devonta Freeman, hey, you could do you could do worse maybe. Chubba Hubbard dominated the backfield touches even though he only played on 64% of snaps. He got 17 touches on the day, which isn't that great. Uh, Matt Rule did say after the loss that the Panthers need to run the ball more, so Hubbard and then McCaffrey when he returns may be in line for more work if he stays true to that. Uh, it certainly would help Sam Darnold if they got uh, you know rolling in the, on the, in the run game a little better. Aaron Jones played on only 59% of snaps on Sunday, which, you know, we've seen several uh, times over the years. Last year in particular, it was almost every week he was around this mark, so not too concerning. We, we are seeing, though, A.J. Dillon move up in snaps um, more and more as the season goes on. He played on 42%. Um, Jones got 17 touches, including all four of the targets for running backs, uh, and outproduced Dylan 110 to 59 in total yards. But still, it looks like the Packers want the split to be much more even than earlier in the season. I think they're starting to trust Dylan more and more. And that just adds risk to Aaron Jones as a starting option. I, it, I don't think it changes anything. I think you have to start him every week because he's great and this offense is good. Uh, but it also kind of makes Dylan interesting for those hurting at running back. It, I, you know, I think if you have him on your roster, he's a feasible start. I mean, he got 11 carries for 59 yards against a pretty good Bears defense. He's playing pretty well. They also have shown they will pass to him. And, you know, he's obviously a, a beast. Um, if they were to use him down near the goal line, I think he'd be effective there. So um, just keep, I would say Dylan, if you're desperate, he could be actually a good trade target too because – you know, team. He hasn't done anything to make teams like love him. Uh, if, th- if somebody's pretty loaded at back, you could you could do worse than starting Dylan for sure. Uh, Khalil Herbert uh, had a great game on Sunday. Played on 89% of snaps with everyone else injured or sick, and looked the part of an elite back. Really, he finished with uh, 19 carries for 97 yards and a score. Caught two of three targets for 15 yards. Uh, Damian Williams will likely be uh, the main back, and he's, he should probably be back next week. He's had COVID. But I would keep this in mind if you play Dynasty, for sure. I mean, Herbert looks like he could become a very good player in this league. Uh, depending on you know how things shake out contractually with David Montgomery, he could become the starter there. Kareem Hunt suffered an injury in Week 6 that could keep him out a few weeks. 
Uh, Nick Chubb, we're not sure. He may return in week seven. It's a short week, though. Um, if he does, he gets a huge bump in value with, with Hunt out. But if he doesn't, you should strongly consider adding Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton. Uh, they both played about 20%, actually exactly 20% of snaps on Sunday. And I think they would split snaps if Chubb and Hunt are out, similar to how Chubb and Hunt split, uh, split snaps. So probably Johnson would get you know 55%, Felton would get 45%, something like that. Behind this excellent offensive line, hey, either could be effective. So if you're hurting, need a back, these, are, these would be some really good pickups heading into this short week. Uh, because I have a feeling Chubb and Hunt will both not be playing. Damian Harris played on 26 snaps, and Ramondre Stevenson played on 18. So that's a that's by far the closest in this uh, timeshare we've ever seen it. Harris got 19 touches. Stevenson only got eight. But I just want to mention this to, to keep a close eye on this split. If Stevenson starts getting more work, uh, it could really uh, he could really become a very valuable player. Uh, most interesting part of that is that he got three targets. Uh, and caught all three for 39. He seemed to sort of push Brandon Bolden uh, out um, for at least just one week. I mean, he, James White role seemed to be more Stevenson's than Bolden's. Uh, Bolden only got one target. So uh, if Stevenson starts getting, you know, more like 50% of the snaps and playing the passing down uh, passing downs, he actually becomes more valuable than Harris in my mind. So if Stevenson is available on your wire, I'd pick him up immediately. Uh, Jalen Waddle played on 93% of snaps and received 13 targets, which was a 28% target share. Um, he's still mainly seeing short passes. He finished 10 for 70 with two touchdowns, which is you know great output, but you know still very low ADOT. But he has incredible speed, and he is going to break a long one soon. I, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Um, his targets are the main thing to keep in, keep an eye on, as well as his snaps. When Devontae Parker and uh, Will Fuller return, we just don't know how those three are going to kind of share everything. They could play 11 personnel and all three of them on the field for most snaps. Uh, or we may even see Waddle playing ahead of one of them. We just don't know. Uh, just watch it carefully. But I personally will be starting Waddle whenever I, whenever I feel like there's a decent matchup. Whenever all three guys are not healthy, I think he's so dynamic, he's worth an, a weekly start. Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson both played on over 90% of snaps on Sunday, so excellent there. Uh, Mooney got eight targets and Robinson got seven, which was good enough, amazingly, for a 29 and 26% target share. There's just not that many passes to go around here. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things. The Bears, for whatever reason, do not want uh, Justin Fields throwing it much. But I do think that's going to shift as we go along. They've got to trust him more if they want to stay in the playoff hunt. So I think both of these guys will probably become great weekly starts by the time we get to about week 10 or 11. Just keep a close eye on it. And this one, you know, Mooney caught 5 for 45 and a score. Robinson caught 4 for 53. So they're both, you know, they're effective. They're catching, you know, a good percentage of their targets and all that. And I think Fields is a good quarterback. It's just that right now they're a bit risky. I think they're definitely worth carrying, though. In, in his first action of the season, T.Y. Hilton played on 50% of snaps and led the team with four targets, caught four, all four for 80 yards. Uh, now the Colts only threw 20 passes, another one of these teams with super low volume passing game. They dominated the game. So this could have been you know, a bigger game if the Colts had to throw the ball. Um, I actually thought Hilton was going to retire uh, due to his neck issue. He's already, you know, 30-plus. He's been slowing down lately, and he had this neck thing. But he wanted to play, and he played pretty well in his first game back. The biggest uh, impact this makes is on Michael Pittman. 
Uh, he still played on 96% of snaps, but only caught two of three targets for 35 yards. If you are in need of a receiver, I would not go crazy with bids for Hilton. I don't think the Colts are ever going to have a high-flying offense, and he's going to be putting up these you know, three or four catch games pretty much every week if he's healthy. Um, and if you have Pittman, I think you probably are, are kind of down about that right now. You probably have to bench him. Um, he still has the most upside. He's still the most dynamic and athletic right now on the team. So he will have some nice weeks, but just really hard to trust these Colts receivers. Uh, the Giants, you know, they just can't have nice things. Uh, a week after Kadarius Tony looked amazing, he didn't even last a quarter, aggra- aggravated his ankle. Uh, looked like he could be on the way to another big game. He caught three passes for, th- for 36 yards in the early, early drives. Um, he's still definitely a player I'd be trying to get if possible. If people are just like, oh, I'm done with the Giants. I don't want this guy. <laughs> Probably not going to happen. But if you have someone that is willing to trade him, he's a, he's a nice target. Um, but for now, it looks like he's going to be uh, struggling to get back from the injury. Terry McLaurin had a tough week six despite playing on 95% of snaps in a game where Washington needed to try to mount a comeback. He finished with eight targets, uh, but only caught four for 28 yards. Uh, again, as I mentioned, Taylor Heineke, just looking bad. If Fitzpatrick comes back, I think it's going to help the whole offense, so you got to root for that. Uh, Cortland Sutton, must start every week, saw a 29% target share, caught 8 of 14 targets, could have been bigger. Teddy missed him on some, a couple that he was open on. Um, he needs to be started every week. Now, there is Jerry Judy coming back. Jerry Judy is going to play the slot most uh, most snaps with Tim Patrick on the other side. I think uh, Sutton will remain their number one with Judy like a, a two or a one B. So I don't think I don't actually think it might help Sutton a little bit with Judy drawing some attention. So don't worry about that, in my opinion. Chase Claypool played on 84% of snaps, but it just is not clicking with Ben Roethlisberger on most weeks. He caught only two of the targets uh, for, I think he had six targets for 17 yards. Uh, He may just not be ready um, to have a big role in this offense. Maybe he's not understanding the routes well. I don't know what's going on. I think you may have to start him. Um, He's at least out there. 84% of snaps is something. Um, And maybe he he has the potential to blow up any week. I mean, last season he was having two and three touchdown games. Um, You just have to either uh, bench him for now and wait for him to figure it out more or, you know, (laughs) start him and hope. Uh, It just depends on your team and where you're at. Dan Arnold saw his snap share decrease a bit on Sunday. It came down to 62% after 73% in week five. And he also struggled. You know, I've been touting Dan Arnold. He struggled this week. He only caught two of his five targets for 27 yards. However, he was still involved, got five targets, he played most of the snaps, so I think better days are ahead. I won't be dropping him where I have him. Uh, I continue to maintain that no Browns tight end should be started in any league. Uh, Yeah, you have the big blow-up weeks uh, occasionally from Hooper or Najoku. I don't want anything to do with any of them. They continue to split the snaps three ways with uh, those two and Harrison Bryant, and this week they totaled two catches for 11 yards between all three of them, so I'm avoiding them. Uh, Finally, let's discuss some of these lukewarm data points. These are longer term, or you you only probably need to act quickly on these if you're in very deep leagues, but I think for everyone you should keep them in mind for these upcoming weeks. They could turn into a hot... Uh, data point very quickly. Uh, 
Joe Mixon played on only 62% of snaps on Sunday, still work dealing through or working through an injury, but he got a pretty big workload with Samaj P right now. He got 18 carries and six targets, finished with 155 total yards and a score. Uh, the excellent yardage per touch is probably just due to the Bengals playing the Lions, but it's still encouraging for those who roster Mixon. Chris Evans is a name um, people have been touting a bit. He's their you know, passing down specialist. He's a rookie. He did receive four target or four carries and three targets and was effective and he scored. So keep an eye on how the backfield touches are split in the coming weeks. If Evans and P Ryan are both, both healthy, um, they may start giving each of them some work. Uh, it's hard to know. Obviously, um, if you're super desperate, Evans or P Ryan is a, is a potential pickup. But if you if you have Mixon, you certainly just want him to keep getting most of the work. Uh, Philip Lindsay, a deep name. He played on only 11 snaps. But on those 11 snaps, got seven carries for 39 yards and two targets, which he caught for 15 yards. I I don't know. I've been saying all season. I don't know why the Texans are using Mark Ingram so much. On Sunday, he had 18 carries for 73 yards. I guess he's fine. He's he's being somewhat effective. Um, I think the reason I mention this is I think Lindsey and David Johnson really are potential trade targets uh, at the deadline for running back needy teams. They've both been decent. And they're both, you know, well-known players in the league. They've been effective before. So just want to say that if, you know, picking up Philip Lindsay or, or David Johnson um, might not be the worst move. Uh, we finally saw some signs of life out of Kenyon Drake. Um, don't miss the underlying data, though. He played on only 12 snaps, 21%. Uh, he just happened to get a touch on six of those and score twice, <laughs> gaining 73 yards. Now, it's, it's true that, you know, don't take it too much. Uh, for the positive because he didn't play that much, but it's also true that that might lead to him getting more opportunities. So I would say um, he should be rostered because he's always had the potential to sort of blow up if Josh Jacobs goes down. Um, but if he's um, if he's available or if he's on your roster, just keep a close eye on what happens moving forward in this backfield. If he starts playing 30 to 40% of snaps, he becomes a very uh, good potential value. Uh, Alan Lazard played on 85% of snaps on Sunday, caught three of five targets for 27 yards and a score. Uh, Randall Cobb played on only 39% and did not receive a target. So it's just something interesting to note. Both are likely not great plays moving forward, uh, especially once uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling returns. Plus, you know, this offense just loves to throw. <laughs> Rodgers loves to throw uh, to his main guys. And all these other receivers are just sort of side pieces that he uses occasionally and then stops using. So I wouldn't do much with this, but I guess I just want to mention it for longer term. If you're desperate, Alan Lazar looks healthy and is playing well. Very disappointing day for Josh Gordon. Many, myself included, thought he might have a breakout day on Sunday. Instead, he only played on 11 snaps. And I was at the game. He pretty much was only in on rushing plays. He did not receive a target. Very frustrating. You had guys like Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson out there uh, getting plenty of targets. Robinson scored <clears throat> on a long touchdown at the end. And, you know, I I think Gordon is probably better than Robinson. It could just be that he's not flashing in practice yet. He needs to do more to pass these guys. So, I don't know. For me, I spent fab money on him. I'm going to keep him on my roster wherever I can and hope that something changes. But certainly discouraging. Even with the Giants, without their top wide receivers and in comeback mode, Evan Ingram could do almost nothing in the passing game. Daniel Jones threw 51 passes and Ingram only got five targets, even with most people injured. Only caught three for 24. He just doesn't seem to be earning targets, doesn't seem to be dynamic once he catches it. I think he's a drop. Um, I, I mean, 
with how bad the Titans are, he's probably not in, in deep leagues. But, uh, man, I don't want anything to do with this guy. I'd rather play a lot of other tight ends ahead of him. O.J. Howard had his first good game in years, catching six of seven targets for 49 yards and a score, playing on 65% of snaps, ahead of Cameron Braid, who played on 59%. Now, both are going to get pushed down the depth chart. Uh, once Rob Gronkowski returns, which is probably this week. But I just want to mention Howard because if you're desperate for a tight end and very deep leagues, uh, he is a name that you can keep in mind. Certainly for Dynasty, uh, there's a good chance that Gronk retires, <laughs> maybe. So just a name to keep in mind. Uh, that will do it for our data for the week. For much more data, <laughs> amazingly, check out the article over at fftoday.com. I will link to it from my Twitter, which is at KevinScottFF. If you haven't followed me there, please do. Also, you can follow the show at Grinding the Data. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget that even if you're 0-6 right now, it's not over until it's over. Keep fighting. Keep grinding. 